0: For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world. Hello, welcome back to the Scouted Football podcast. It's been a busy start to the season on the transfers front, especially from a Premier League perspective. Uh, Lou and Steve have been hammering away on the Patreon podcasts over the past couple of months. There are several transfer-related episodes available that you can listen to there, uh, from Manchester United to Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Leeds and Southampton. They're just 10-minute episodes dissecting various dealings over the summer. Just search Scouted Football Patreon and sign up. Onto this week's episode on the main pod then, and it's a club-specific one. We've scoured the leagues to see which teams have had an interesting window, currently boast a young squad and are somewhat under the radar. Uh, fitting those three categories quite nicely is Swiss Super League side FC Basel. And for this episode, we are rejoined by Swiss professional football scout and football manager researcher, Oliver Zessiger. So without further ado, uh, Oliver, welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast. Uh, it's been a couple of months um, since we were on here together. Uh, we've We've had a chat in the meantime about... Uh, Leeds' new striker or a new forward, Willy Nyonto, but um, this is back in sort of your, your area of expertise, and, and it's uh, the, the Swiss Super League.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to be back on the podcast
0: great stuff um so obviously today's uh, the 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 topic of today's episode is, is fc basel uh, and to to many many people from um from you know the united kingdom who who listen to this podcast or or the united states they'll probably be familiar with with basel for being the, the you know the most successful swiss club in the modern era um they've they've won 20 titles um there's only grasshopper zurich with with more and that's 27 however their last title was in 2003 uh, and, and in that time, Basel have won 11 uh, Swiss Super League titles. Um, but since 2016-17, they haven't been champions. Um, that The crown has, has sort of been passed to, to young boys a little bit. And, and Basel have finished second, second, third, second, second in the past five years or so. Um they've still qualified for, for european football quite frequently um you know and, and especially over the last 10 years there've been some good performances such as a, a semi-final run in the europa league in 2013 uh, and and also pretty big for a swiss team making it to the last 16 of the champions league in 2018 2015 and 2012 as well um they're currently in the uefa conference league obviously the the tertiary european um, uh, continental competition uh, with Zalgiris, Slovan Bratislava and Punic Yerevan from Armenia. Um, so I think it's fair to say they should top that group, but I think it's probably best to to start off with with FC Basel and where they are at the moment, Oliver, and that is um, their seventh in what is a 10-team Super League. Um, what do you put that down to this season? You know, this isn't the, the Basel of old or do you think they're going to come good?
1: Yeah, let me go way back for, for a quick second. Um, there was a change in 2017 when uh, another um, board took over the club and they spent money, but they didn't spend it wisely, in my opinion. So um, in, they also wanted to bring external funds uh, into the club by, an, uh, by a foreign investor, which the fans protested quite heavily. And so uh, one day, David Deakin, a former player, Started a takeover bid for the club and was successful ultimately. So they've gone through, through, through two, um, changes, uh, in the board structure within five years. And that is some explanation about the recent title draw that Basel has suffered. Nowadays, the, the model is different than it was 10 years ago. Nowadays, it's all about young players who are formed at big clubs. And you can see there is there are young players from Roma in the, in the team, from, uh, from Rennes, from Real Madrid and so on. There are a lot of uh, young players coming from those big academy, big club academies. So um, the current situation is the team is very young. I think it's about 24 years of age on average. Um, and uh, this can be seen on the pitch, it is an inc- inconsistent team. One one day they play very well, um, they beat Grasshoppers 5-1 two weeks ago, and then the next day or the next game they are in trouble, um, as seen in the cup when they uh, barely beat Arau, a second division team, uh, after extra time. So. This is not unknown that a young team is inconsistent because consistency comes with uh, having played a lot of games, usually, at most proposed. So the current, I don't think they will uh, will end up finish 7th uh, at the end of the season. I think they will rise up. And as you said, they should top the group and advance to the next round in have UEFA Conference League, which is uh, quite crucial for Basel to do so. Um, But I cannot really tell you where they will end up at the end of the season. If everything clicks, if the new manager, if the new players, the young players develop quickly enough, they could mount even a title challenge, although it looks unlikely right now. But uh, at the moment, it's all a bit of guesswork because the team has been so inconsistent.
0: Yeah, I mean, just looking sort of at the, um, the 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 transfer business that Basel have done over the summer and over the past couple of years as well, you know, you made the point there that they've, they've got a pretty clear strategy now under this ownership group and that's, you know, focusing on recruiting highly rated uh, emerging players from big clubs like Roma, for example, as you said, uh, and, and in the, the top five leagues, um, you know, and making crucial links with those clubs as well so that they know that they can send their young players, you know, often on loan to Basel that they're going to get um, you know, regular minutes in a in a in a top flight. Let's not forget, and in European football, um, and that's going to you know stand them in good stead. Obviously, some of those deals that there, there are options to buy, which um, could either benefit or or you know or, or hinder uh, Basel if they um, if they choose to, to exercise those clauses, um, depending on how the how the player performs. But um, I think in terms of the sort of the the history of of FC Basel. Um, you know, just looking back at sort of the, the alumni that, that has come through at St. Jakob Park, and you've got the likes of Granit Xhaka from, you know, 2002 to 2012, you know, 10 years there as a, as a youngster and then as a young footballer. Even Rakitic was there for 12 years until 2007. You know, even more recently, you know, Braylon Bolo, Zjerdan um, Shaqiri, Noah Okafor, uh, and even, you know, goalkeepers as well, Jan Sommer. Um, you know, lots of long stints there in, in, in the Youth Academy at Basel. Is, is that because Basel is known for its youth programme in Switzerland? Is it, is it the best around?
1: It is among the best, certainly, still nowadays. Uh, I think in the mid-2010s, it was the best. I mentioned some names um, that came through the youth ranks. Noah Alkafor is probably the latest great player they've, uh, they've formed. And he will go on to do great things in football. He will not stay at Salzburg. He will go to bigger clubs, I'm sure. So, um, the thing is, nowadays, there is also a bit of a drought when it comes to their own players. Um, and that's why, uh, that's part of why they invest in foreign youngsters or youngsters uh, from bigger clubs. It's because there is no clear cut um, youth player like an Mbolo or uh, a Granny Chaka were back in the day, who you can say at age 17, 16, 17, yeah, he will make it. So, the quality is good at the academy, but right now there, is also some, there are also some structural changes um, going on and they like to get back to the point where they were the best Swiss academy. They're still among the best best Swiss academies, yes, but they are not clear-cut best at the moment. And I think they're working towards the goal that they uh, will be back at the summit one day. And one thing that David Degen mentioned publicly is also he challenged the young players because after so many good players coming through the ranks, some of the new, new young players might think that it, they will automatically get a, a, a space uh, in the first team just because they're coming through the ranks in Basel, which doesn't happen. Which also leads to uh, some sort of com- complacency um, among the players. So he challenged them mentally to show that they uh, have, that they wanted that they want to be an FC Basel first player, first team player. And, uh, I think that mental aspect is very important, um, because it has lacked. And I'm one that uh, follows Swiss youth football very closely. and I think it has lacked over the last few years that, that grittiness, that greed to want to become a first team player at Basel.
0: I'm, I'm curious, are there any, other approaches, or any other clubs who who employ a similar sort of approach when it comes to to young players in Switzerland, in terms of looking abroad, looking outside its borders, to to say we we can you know a lot of the time to Italy, we can bring in their young players who aren't going to get a game in Serie a or in Liga, for example. But we know that we can give them a game here. Is are there any other clubs who who use that policy, or or is it sometimes a bit too expensive for them?
1: Um, not at the level that Basel does it. Basel does it to the extreme. But there are some clubs that sign young players from good academies. Um, for example, uh, Lars Lukas Mai joined Lugano this summer from Bayern Munich. And there are always a player or two from a highly regarded academy playing in Switzerland. Um, so usually Swiss clubs depend on their own academies. But if there's an open space and there is... An offer for or a proposal for a good player, a good young player from a good academy, then uh, Swiss clubs will look at the player, obviously. But Basel, as I said, does it to the extreme. Um, No Swiss club does it like them uh, in sheer numbers and in terms of quality, because all the players that come in or came in this summer, they have a certain quality. They may not be completely ready for first team football, but they have a certain quality. to to them that uh, you can see that in a season or two time uh, in a seasons or two time that they could really be a, a crucial piece in a title winning team in Basel.
0: Yeah, so I suppose in a way it's it's quite understandable that that there will be teething problems, there will be you know a period of adaptation, given how many young players there are. And I mean I know there are a few teenagers in there as well in sort of the the starting eleven. Um, this year so i mean to be to be seventh yes doesn't look great for the time being but currently they are top of their conference league group as you say um and also they they're not a huge huge amount uh, away off the um off the the top of the league in sort of those champions league spaces so if they can Put together a string of results and and start to be a little bit more consistent, and those those players start to gel together. And yeah, you know, it's 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 not an ideal situation, but when it does start to work, you can see the merits of the of the approach um, when they start to 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 get familiar with with their teammates. Um, you know, we're talking you were talking there about how currently the 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 academy at Basel doesn't really have as many um, Swiss young players coming through, which is part of the reason why they've they've turned to um to, to to foreign youngsters and and to, to to bigger academies and and try to to scout from there you know you've got you you mentioned david uh, david dagan uh, and and of course you've also got alexander fry who are now in management roles um after coming through the basel academy themselves do, do you think that sort of instills a, a philosophy that is very i don't know family driven at the club and is, is something which is a, is a is a unique selling point that, that Basel can say to, to their young players and, and young players at other clubs across Switzerland and, and Central Europe.
1: I think uh, as with uh, the lone players or the players coming from big academies, I, in this case also Basel does it to the extreme because um, they want that red and blue identity. They want people in charge. The fans demand people in charge um, who are... Uh, former players or have a connection to the city of Basel. Uh, As I said, they were protesting when uh, the former chairman threatened uh, to bring in uh, foreign investment. And uh, that's not what they want. They don't want the success at all costs. They want that red and blue identity. They want young players from their academy coming through. But at the same time, they also see that the current system, how Basel does it with those players coming in from bigger clubs, is something that, in the short term, could, could uh, the, the club could profit from, and it's a necessity because all the money that was uh, all the money that they they had um, when they had those Champions League nights against Liverpool, Men's, Man United, Man City, and so on, is gone now. So the club relies on selling young players. And Basel fans know that the club relies heavily on that model of uh, forming and selling young players. So um, they would obviously accept a different manager. They would even accept a foreign manager. That would not be a problem. But Alex Frey is a hero. Uh, Still is. He was at the club. He was a youth product in Basel and was at the club from 2009, to. 2015, maybe, I'm not sure exactly in which time frame he was there, but, uh, he's a hero of them and, uh, or a hero for them. And this is, uh, something that is even bigger than with other clubs in Zurich. Yeah. You it's great if you have some own youngsters and a coach from Zurich, from the Zurich region uh, on your sideline, but it's not a necessity in Basel it is, um, in general i think the only club that comes close with that local um local uh, image is San Gallen who are very um eastern switzerland centric and are very proud to represent the whole of eastern switzerland basically uh, in swiss prof- professional football and are also very proud of those young players that come through their ranks so um but as I said before, the uh, players from academies are very important for Swiss clubs because those are potential um, money makers. If you want to break it down to just money and money is something that's really sparse in Switzerland and clubs cannot survive without investment or without big transfers of young players to, uh, to bigger clubs. So, um, yeah. In the same time swiss fans are used that uh, if a player, a young player plays well in the first team you might be gone at the end of the season but you're getting used to it and you still follow that player then and you still follow your team even though the two uh, two things are not connected anymore and this this is uh, something that's i think quite unique because i don't know any leagues of similar size who depend that much on transfers abroad or from uh,
0: investor money, as the Swiss League does. No, that's that's really interesting. I I think to to hear your your verdict on things from sort of being within and and having that that view on on the Swiss League. Um, you touched on Alex Fry there, and you're talking about the red and blue identity and with just a bit of background on him. He was appointed the first team coach or the you know the first team manager this year. Um, and I think you know it, it kind of sums up that that maybe he's the the man to to gel and to to instill that that red and blue philosophy or identity with a a a ragtag bunch of players who have you know all very individually talented but have come from various different places you know someone who spent five years as a youth coach at basel between 2015 and 2020 um you know he was promoted with Winterher last season um from the challenge league which is the for, for context the the swiss second tier um and i suppose with the the recent managerial churn that there has been in basel since the last title that that they won in 2017 you know there's been six managers in in 5 years since that that championship so you know perhaps a club legend or or a club icon if legend is too strong a term um is is maybe what what's needed in terms of bringing in a little bit of stability a bit of identity having um a real connection as you say to to the club um, but also with in terms of the, the the money discussion that you were talking about there, and you know when we discuss smaller leagues or leagues which don 't generate as much in terms of t v revenue as the big five. Um, you do see how important player trading can be and, and how important it is to, 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 to turn a profit on on transfers because otherwise, you know, you, you you lose your competitiveness, not just in the league, but in Europe as well. And and, you know, T V revenues in Europe are, are massive for, for clubs, I imagine, in Switzerland, just as they are for um for, for teams in countries of a similar size. Um so if you're if you're reducing your competitiveness by not getting maximum value for your players, then you know, you, you can't then reinvest as much as you would like in, into the squad and into you know bringing in these these talented academy players from elsewhere, uh, and sort of just looking at the most recent transfers in in and out. You know, you had Arthur Cabral uh, who signed for Fiorentina, uh, Edon Zegrova um, who I believe went to Lille, I think he went to, to French football, uh, and Sylvan Widmer um, who were all sold last season for around twenty million euros. Which, I mean, you'll know this better than I will, Oliver, but twenty million euros. Seems like a, a, a hell of a lot of money for for a club in in the Swiss top flight. Um, it might not be a lot for a, for a Premier League club or a a, a Spanish club, but you know the, the twenty million in in Switzerland will definitely go a long way.
1: Yeah, it will. And uh, it was a good uh, a good year last year in terms of player sales, or last season, I should say. Do you know how much uh, TV money, on average, a Swiss club gets from the league?
0: No, I have absolutely no idea. I know Premier League totals, but apart from that, I know that the rest of Europe is 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 massively down on on the top flight in England.
1: Yeah, uh, it's not even massively down. It's 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 another it's another uh, another universe basically. Uh, uh, on average, a Swiss club gets three million Swiss francs TV money per year. Per year? That's, yeah. Wow. Per year. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. That's not so that's, that's
0: like what one club gets for their facility fees per game. I mean it's it's a fraction of that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and Swiss TV market is not a big one, as you can imagine. But still in comparative in a comparatively country, let's say for example, Belgium, yeah, by the league, but the country is a or at least the population is around the size of Switzerland, that they have twice the T V money that Switzerland has. So yeah. Swiss clubs need to be creative how to how to bring in money and because TV doesn't pay the bills. It's not like the Premier League or La Liga, Bundesliga, Liga. It's uh, it's player sales. And you said those 20 millions does, is, is a good number. But then again, Basel has a structural deficit around that number. So that pretty much evens out the balance at the end of the season. And that's why they need to make more sales or sales with a bigger value a bigger transfer fee attached to it to them and the same goes for every other swiss clubs yeah sure they have investors who basically fill fill into financial holes if there's a need um, but uh, in general swiss money uh, swiss football is so dependent on uh, on money from transfer sales from bringing up their own youth products and selling them it's 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 not even funny at times and um, but uh, I have to say it works quite well and there was a huge fear for me, especially because uh, with COVID hitting and the transfer market being down, um, I feared that money wouldn't come in for Swiss clubs. Luckily, it has calmed down a bit, still not at the level for Swiss clubs than it was before COVID, but uh, it's it's calming down and I hope that uh, clubs can generate money this way. And just uh, to your point about Alex Fry, yeah, he is. I would say he's a club legend. I mean, he scored goal after goal when he was in Basel, and he has quite a meteoric rise behind him. Uh, behind him, you said you said it. Uh, he was uh, in the youth ranks, uh, coach. Then he went to Real. He managed to promote Winterthur in uh, for the first time in over thirty years. So he's some kind of hero there. And he could have stayed at Tour obviously, but uh, he chose to come back to his club, his club, that being Basel. And I think he's important for the players, A, because he is a respected player. He has had a great career. He played for for Rennes, he played for Dortmund. He's still the best Swiss uh, goal scorer in terms of goals uh, internationally. And he is also good for the fans because he's one of their own. And uh, what's better to have than to have one of their own and the sidelines. One, you speak the same language. And speaking of languages, he also speaks uh, fluent French. I think he speaks English, surely, and obviously German. And if you look at the team, there are a lot of French speakers in this team. So uh, he is uh, able to communicate fluently with all the players that they have at the club.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's that's quite important and probably an underrated aspect of managing a club in in Switzerland where obviously you know there there are lots of different languages which will need to be you know communicated um so that again aligning with the the club's identity the club's philosophy um him having that um that own connection from his own playing days at the club um yeah he certainly seems as though he's he's a good fit and also the with the the promotion from last season um you know he does seem to be very very qualified and we talked about sort of the structures and the finances and 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 a little bit about transfers um, but we, we may as well talk about some of the players at Basel this year as well and that's kind of one of the key reasons why they make for an interesting scouted football podcast episode it's because as we've discussed at length you know they they do have a lot of young players there they do have um, a lot of faith in 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 those youngsters that not only are, going, are they going to win matches for them, but they're going to generate sums of money for them um, in in future. Uh, and you know, last season they were very active in, in that loan market, as as you were discussing. Um, you know, Frodo, Frodo Chalov came in from from CSKA Moscow, um, Strohinha Pavlovich uh, from Monaco, Sebastiano Esposito uh, from Inter, Andy Palmar, Dan and Doy from from French club Nice um uh, Thomas Tavares uh Fernandes from Portugal you know really a really nice spread of players from from all over there um and while Pelmar and and Dan Andoy uh, Andoy being a Swiss uh, I think he's a Swiss international but you you might have to correct me
1: um, Yeah he debuted uh, yes no uh, on Saturday Oh brilliant. great
0: timing yeah. <laughs> yeah um excellent timing I knew I, I knew I definitely knew he was a 21 international because I watched him at um in, in some of those qualifiers but um the, but yeah, Dan and Doy has, has stayed there as well after his initial loan deal. Uh, and then you've also got this season um, some players who've come in on loan um, with, with an option to buy. Andy Duf being one of those. Um, he's He's brought, been brought in from, from Stadroen uh, on a season-long loan with an option. Um, and he's, again, very young, 2003 born. So I don't even think he's... He might not be 19 yet, but if he is, he's 18, 19. Um, a central midfielder um you know really moves across the pitch really well um very technical technically adept uh, from from the sort of the, the clips that i've seen uh so far um and and the likes of you know Andy Zakiri in from Brighton on loan and we know how good brighton are at scouting um more obscure leagues and and zakiri coming to switzerland and um it it adds to a real real strong breadth of attacking options that are at Basel this season. And I suppose that's probably where we should start. Um, I don't know whether I've purposely left out your favourite pick for the uh, for the striker, um, or rather the, the attacking positions. Uh, a certain um well who could say that maybe alex fry had drawn on his dortmund connections to bring in uh, this player but do you want to get started on on the uh
1: on the bradley fink front
0: yes should we get started on the bradley fink front yes <laughs> yes that's a tongue twister that is
1: it is it is it is it, even uh, especially for a non, uh, non-native speaker
0: i was gonna say yeah you did you did better than me
1: <laughs> thanks Um uh, so yeah i'm well-known as the as the driver of the Bradley Fink hype train. <laughs> I, I know him for a long time. I saw him first when he was 15, when he was still at Lucerne, and I thought he had something about him. And Bradley Fink, to me, it is not surprising that he's returning to Switzerland, because if you look at the striking options in, at Dortmund, um, there was simply no, there was not enough space for uh, Bradley Fink. Mukuku is now breaking into the first team. They have Halleir, they have uh, Modest, and uh, other young, younger players uh, at their disposal, uh, even in their youth ranks. So a step back to Switzerland has proven for many Swiss players that it is the right, the, the right step. And. I hope so. It's for Bradley Fink as well. He already scored in his first team, in his first game for the club in Basel, although it was a cup game against an inferior opponent, but still it's a goal. And what he has, and that's why it's good that he's trained by Alex Frey, he is the first Swiss striker that I've seen that has that willingness to score goals from everywhere. He has that will to really go where it hurts and to really go... Uh, at, have a go at goal because Switzerland is known for a lot of things mostly goalkeepers but not for good strikers and he could become one and he has that same determination to score goals like Alex Frey has because Alex Frey was never the best football player he was really good but what made him special for a Swiss player was his mental uh, his, his attributes his, his mental um, his uh, how do you say his determination his ambition He was above everybody else uh, when it comes to mental attributes um, in Swiss football. So, and Fink shows similar, although not to the extreme that uh, Alex Frey has, but he shows similar mental attributes than Fry does. And uh, yeah, if you have the opportunity to sign a 19-year-old Bradley Fink for a Swiss club like Basel, we don't question it twice, especially if it's at an affordable price. And there's still question marks obviously he has only scored on uh, under 19s level he has not quite scored at the rate he has uh, at under 19s level at then, uh, he hasn't quite scored at the same rate uh, with the first team but at the other on the other hand he's still only 19 he has a strong body he's uh, above six foot four tall he's strong he's not quite he's not that quick he's not that technically good but he has a nose for goal. And I think that he will be one to look at. If you look at the Basel team, one of many players, I have to say uh, that you should look at. But when it comes to striking options, if you go through the list, they have currently like six, seven, seven centre forwards listed on transfer market. Although not everybody uh, is playing as a centre forward. But in terms of striking options, I think they're going to be fine throughout the season. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, Bradley, think. Uh... As you say, six foot four inches tall at nineteen, um, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, signed, um, to to Basel for, um, four years, I believe, with with a with an option for a further year as well, which, uh, which is obviously very beneficial in terms of um, protecting his value, because if he starts to score a, a number of goals, then you know there is a great opportunity there, um, for for Basel to make some money on him, similar to, to how they did with Artur Cabral and 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 with Noah Okafor beforehand. Um, but I mean, just looking back sort of through his, um, through his previous seasons and yes, you mentioned that he'd only played under 19s football prior to signing for Basel, which again, for around or just under a million euros, which seems quite, quite a palatable fee, given that he was quite prolific at at other levels. I mean, 12 in 12 in the under 19 Bundesliga West last year, um, five goals in the UEFA Youth League, five goals in the, the junior DFB Pokal, um, I think it was, I'm looking at the stats here. This must be a this must be a mistake, but it's not. Nine goals in three games in the Under 19 Liga Pokal West last season. I mean, he has scored goals pretty much at every level he has in his career so far. So the assumption would be, you know, he's not going straight into a, a Bundesliga team. Um, so it's it's a nice little step up for him. But again, no um no slight on Basel. It's still a a, a top top division it's still a a league which is going to test him but physically he certainly looks able to to handle himself in there and you know with the the you know the the elite competitiveness of coming through an academy like Dortmund's will have primed him for you know the 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 step up to, to senior football so um if if it's uh, if it's all right with you, I think I'm going to get on the Bradley Fink hype train because um, <laughs> he's uh, he's just so striking. I mean, I'm not comparing him to Erling Haaland whatsoever because he's a he's a complete freak of nature, and you you knew that he was going to be an absolute star when when you first laid eyes on him. But in terms of uh, a very tall, Germanic-looking um, striker who is has, has, is very imposing, uses his body well, um, a good ball striker, and has scored. Hatfuls and hatfuls um playing sort of in an alpine country, I think that's the, that's as far as I'm willing to go on the sort of the comparisons but um in terms of the, the other options up front there's there's one other that I'm really really keen to to speak about um and i think I think we discussed him on the the last episode that we, um that we recorded when uh, he was at Lausanne. Uh, I've probably butchered that pronunciation um but it's zeki Amduni. um I think he hit double figures last season. Uh, might have been eleven or twelve goals, um, for 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 Lausanne who were relegated. But now he's at now he's at Basel. I mean, what was the what's the story behind that? You know, um, what do you predict for for him at at Basel?
1: Yeah, uh, Seki Amdouni is a player I really like. Um, uh, as you may or may not know, I was a scout for Lausanne between twenty eighteen and twenty twenty one, and I was first alarmed about Amdouni when he was playing in the fourth division at age fifteen. So we went and watched him, and I really liked him because he can play with, his, with both his feet. And if you can play with both feet, then you're usually good in tight spaces because you have a tighter control and you have both feet to use to dribble in, in a tight space. And uh, yeah, Anduni was, was on's best player by far last season. They were uh, hopelessly relegated to the second division. And if you score double figures as a striker in Switzerland, you obviously have interest from elsewhere, from abroad or from bigger clubs like Young Boys, um, Zurich or Basel. So um, he, I know that Zurich was interested as well. I believe Young Boys too, although not to the same degree than Basel and Zurich were. And he decided to, uh, to join Basel on a two years loan with a buy option, which is quite a good deal for everybody involved. and uh, he is not playing as a as a center forward right now he's playing as some some sort of second striker number 10 position in the 4231 and he does it because as i mentioned he's good with both feet so he can finish with both feet and he has a good shot from outside the box and he's also quite a good passer although he did does not really click with everybody at the moment but this, things will come And yeah, and is just a player I admire. I fully expect him to make his uh, senior uh, international debut tomorrow against Czech Republic. He has been uh, called up for that game. And uh, I I believe that he has a bright future ahead of him. Also, he's also, he's also some, a player that is quite physically good, not just technically. He's technically outstanding, but physically good and uh, uh, tall who can score with his head, with both feet. Uh, and it's only a matter of time until he starts scoring regularly. But I, I really like Ambuni, and uh, I think that it's uh, Basel will not be the last club that he's playing for. I think that he'll go on and play abroad as well.
0: So I think this is a, a scouted football first, um that we have the actual scouts who went to watch a player who is now <laughs> being discussed on, on the podcast. Um that's, that's a really interesting story I had no idea about that whatsoever and um, the the rest of the guys at scout are going to be delighted that we've got onto the topic of Zeki amdouni um, because um yeah especially especially Lou who um, watches an unholy amount of football um, and is extremely analytical with it um, he earmarked um, he picked out amdouni as one to watch in in the super league this season um, so yeah he'll be delighted to hear that um, I, I mean in, in terms of the the we, we, just going back to to the beginning sort of uh, you know i introduced the the podcast about how basel was seventh but they had lots of young players and their, their strategy was uh, in the in the transfer market was very curious and very interesting um we're just going to tie off the episode and, and round it up with sort of a a, a quick fire sort of uh, set of predictions and questions um so w- I know you said that you couldn't it, everything was up in the air and you couldn't make a, a final prediction, but if I had to ask you now, which is obviously the the end of September, so only a couple of months into the season, if I, I had to ask you now um, where you think the, the, that Basel will finish in the league this year, um, where would that be?
1: Hmm. I think they will finish second behind young boys.
0: Okay. Um, who do you think that the biggest surprise will be in their in their team?
1: Um, currently it is on the youth by the end of the season it could be Jean-Kévin Augustin
0: okay <laughs> familiar because, with that name yeah.
1: yeah Yeah, because he has fallen a bit from grace but he has shown in recent games that he is a very good player he's just it, I mean he had long COVID um, was yes. basically out for the year and uh, he has shown that he's f- slowly adapting to the team I think he could be the real surprise because he came in on a three. And uh, yeah, at the end of the season, that could pay off.
0: Um, and I think I might, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that I might know already which uh, player this is, but who do you think the best young player will be for, for Basel?
1: I'm not going to say Bradley Fink <laughs> because, I, yeah, because everybody expects it. No, but uh, I think the one that will leave at the end of the season is Dan Doy. Um hmm. A player I also know because he was at Lausanne before. uh, I worked with him as well. And I think he has made a step forward in terms of uh, defensive contribution, first off. And in terms of his uh, efficiency when it comes to dribbles, he was always quick, but he wasn't always efficient. And now from time to time, he plays on the left side, which uh, allows him to cut inside and uh, and shoot from there. And uh, when he was playing on the right side, because he only has a right foot, uh, he didn't have a solution when he cut inside. So I think at the end of the season, Dan and Doi might leave. And um, the same goes for Wout de Berger, um, who's, who's been excellent this season. So those two, I would say, are the best young players at the moment.
0: Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, and just two last questions. Um, how far do you think that, that Basel can progress in the, the UEFA Conference League this season?
1: Uh that's a good question. I mean, if they top the group, they should. Um, I don't know how the the format exactly works, uh, but they should all they should um, skip the the first uh, the round of the thirty two, something like that.
0: Yes, I think I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I think they could make it to the quarterfinals. I believe um, even semifinals would be possible if everything clicks. But I think uh, quarterfinals should be the target.
0: Okay, and and one last question. Um, it's maybe a little bit presumptuous given how you've already pretty much answered the the final position in the European progress question. But do you think there's a possibility of silverware this season, maybe in the in the Swiss Cup?
1: Yeah, it's a definite possibility. I wouldn't even rule out the Swiss League, although Young Boys look too strong at the moment, hmm. and they have like they also have a young team, but a, uh, a a team that is two steps ahead in terms of progress when it comes compare with Basel but i think the swiss cup is a definite possibility i don't rule out like a european success which sounds surprising maybe but as i said if everything clicks in this team there's a lot of potential in there and if that potential becomes ability then uh, this could really be a surprising team but i think swiss cup is obviously the best chance to win silverware
0: and that's what we love on this podcast a bit of potential turning into ability. Um Oliver thank you very much for for joining uh, us on the scouted football podcast again. Um it's it's definitely become one of my closer sort of interests outside the British Isles. Um Swiss football has over the past couple of months um so i'll be uh, i'll be keeping an eye on how basel are doing over the course of the season and i'm sure with your insights you'll have you'll have piqued the interest of, of a lot of other people listening to this uh today as well um thank you everybody for for tuning in uh, and uh, i hope that you you enjoyed this this episode we'll be back um in in the weeks to come with further episodes like this and um some more managerial episodes as well talking about some tactics and styles but um before you go oliver is there anything that you want to um, you want to plug or you want to push or promote to, to anyone who's listening
1: yeah uh, you can follow me on twitter at aulit underscore z or uh yeah uh, i'm also the head researcher for football manager for the swiss leagues so on um, november 8th if i'm not mistaken football manager 23 comes out so go and buy it and buy all those uh highly rated swiss talented uh, uh, swiss talents
0: or start an FC Basel save, which I think Ooh, yeah. I might end ha- up doing. Yeah,
1: yeah, you, you already you already have half of those talented youngsters in your squad.
0: Kind of cut. That's half the battle, isn't it? Um, but yeah, thank you very much for for, for joining me, Oliver, and thanks for, for tuning in, everybody. Uh, as I say, we'll be back in the weeks to come. Uh, stay safe, take care, and bye for now. For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world.